You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. Avenged last season's opening game loss to the Steelers with a 38-3 beatdown on Sunday. And now it's time for my Buffalo Blues. Hello once again. It is Victory Monday. And we are gathered around to celebrate the Bills' domination of the Steelers. It was uh, completely one-sided. This episode will probably be brief because there's not a ton that I want to take away from it. I mean, there's a lot that I want to take away from it. But, you know, they did basically everything right. So there's not too much for me to nitpick in terms of moving forward. Right out of the gates, it looked like this was going to be a really weird game with the way the wind was blowing. Opening kick fumbled by Taiwan Jones. Uh, Muffed it, but recovered. Got to the two-yard line, so it's like, okay, this is not how you want to start this game. And they come out... uh, passing on first and 10 from the two and it's like okay this could be very dangerous very quickly and you know then they just kind of run it up the middle Singletary gets nothing and then we're off to the races as Josh Allen launches a ball over the middle of the field right down the pipe basically to Gabe Davis hits him in stride and Gabe goes the rest of the way for a 98 yard touchdown and at that moment it was really nice to see that Gabe was back. He'd been dealing with the ankle injury for a while. He missed, I believe, week two, and then came back and played on the ankle injury in weeks three and four, but he never looked like himself. He dropped some passes that he normally catches, so clearly preoccupied by the ankle a little bit, and they were never really sending him down the field either, not taking deep shots, so that was kind of eliminated from the Bills offense and you could tell they were excited to get him back because that wasn't the only time they went deep to him he only had three catches in the game but he had 171 yards receiving so he was chunking them big time and to have that guy that can take the top off the defense again uh, just makes an already dangerous offense even more dangerous and it showed. But the game was still weird, even when it was 7-0. Bills kick off, and then... Uh, I think it's Jason Pierre on the Steelers. Muffs the catch on the kickoff. And then the Bills recover. And uh, it was Taron Johnson that recovered it. So, already on the first two kickoffs, the wind that day just made it very, very difficult. And... Just tough to tell, you know. Win games are a little uh, concerning after last season, but both teams had to play in it. 
and the Bills at least uh, had it figured out, and they weren't afraid to throw the ball either. Even when they played in the wind last season, it was really bad, really cold, really windy. Um, they weren't afraid to throw, and that's good. That says a lot of confidence in uh, Josh's arm. And obviously, he has the confidence in his arm too. Uh, but the Bills took over, and he took another shot at Davis on a third and 20 after, I believe it was a holding call, set him back from the 17. They tried to screen to Diggs, didn't really work. Uh, lost some yards there. So he takes a shot to Davis, doesn't doesn't get it, but uh, you could tell that he was really happy to have Gabe Davis back because already he's, he's looking for him to score on the first two possessions of the game. Bills end up having to settle for a field goal, and again, the wind comes up. Shankaroo. Uh, so still just 7 nothing, and then the Steelers manage to get the ball and work their way down the field and get a field goal out of it to make it 7-3. And, you know, no disrespect to the Steelers, but that was basically the game right there. They kicked the field goal, and then they just got stomped on the whole rest of the way. The Bills returned fire with their own field goal. Uh, Bass hit a 35-yarder there. And it's 10-3. Besides having Gabe Davis healthy again and looking like himself, it was also very nice to get Ed Oliver and Jordan Phillips, at least for a while. He got hurt, I don't know how bad the injury is. I haven't seen it uh, yet. I might as well just check when I'm talking about it. But they both came back and played, and it's very apparent to see the difference between the Bills' defense uh, with and without their interior presence because the identity of their line was built around that. And so when they were missing Phillips and Settle and Ed Oliver in some combination over the course of the last three games, you still saw a really good defense, but with Ed Oliver back in the middle of that defense, it's a fantastic defense. And, you know, that was evidenced by the field goal that they surrendered in the first quarter. And that was it. Didn't even give up a touchdown. Really nice day in general for that defense. Uh, I believe five tackles for a loss, three sacks. So, looking like the defense that they had in mind when they constructed this particular uh, group of guys. And uh, Jordan Phillips came back and played a little bit, but he also left the game. And I am just reading right now what the injury is. It looks like he aggravated the hamstring injury, but he did walk off the field. So he's going to be probably day-to-day, -day, probably questionable. They may even sit him again. Uh, but if the Bills have Daquan Jones and Ed Oliver and Tim Settle in some combination of at least three of those guys, it, it makes their defense significantly better. And we saw that. I mean, yes, they did give up 300 yards of passing, but they were up by multiple scores the entire game, so what else is Pittsburgh going to do? You know, they're averaging like two yards a carry, three yards a carry, so they can't run the ball because that D-line was back, and they don't really have any other choice. So the Bills, you know, 
you know, George Pickens had a, had a good game, made some nice catches. Deontay Johnson looked like he's starting to figure out like where his role is going to be in this offense with uh, Kenny Pickett. He did have 13 targets, but only five catches. And same with Claypool, nine targets, but only five. And then Pickens had eight targets for six. So, I mean, they have a lot of work ahead of them. This game was just such a blowout that it was really shitty for Pittsburgh to not play Mitch Trubisky, especially against the Bills, who he played for last season. And I'll, I'll give a couple of reasons on that. Number one, because th- I think they pulled the trigger on benching him too early. I get it. The narrative was you can't be any worse than Mitch Trubisky, so might as well go to the rookie, Kenny Pickett. Uh, but then even in the game that they pulled him, it's like, yeah, Pickett came in. He threw, you know, he threw three picks, but two of them were like, you know what? He's being aggressive. It's not necessarily his fault, but at the end of the day, those are interceptions. Uh, and he ran for two touchdowns, so he, he gave them the spark, I guess, that they were looking for. And it seems that he has either a bigger arm or more of a willingness to actually throw the ball down the field. So that could play into what the Steelers are trying to do. But, you know, they ran the ball 17 times, didn't get much, and threw it 52 times. So really, when you're throwing it 52 times to get to 300 yards, that's not not excellent, but it's not bad. Had Kenny Pickett had a couple of touchdowns and a pick, like this looks like a much better game. And just, you know, 300 yards passing is one of the most overrated stats in football because more often than not, you're playing from behind and you're just racking up yardage as one team just tries to bend and not break. So I understand if you're a Pittsburgh fan and you looked at it and you saw some of the throws that he made and... You know, there was moments that he looked good, but at the end of the day, he put up three points. So, you know, pump the brakes on this kid being uh, the savior here. And I understand they didn't want to pull him because, you know, he's not going to get experience like this against uh, a defense of this quality very often. So it was kind of a, you know, crash course in welcome to the big leagues. But it would have been nice to see Mitch at some point when this game was 31 to 3 in the fourth quarter you know uh so it just it seems like pittsburgh really didn't bring mitch trubisky in to be the quarterback they they signed him to a deal and gave him this idea that you know he's gonna be the starter and he's gonna get picket ready and ultimately i don't think that's the case it could be pressure from the ownership Tomlin didn't seem like the kind of guy who really wanted to bench Mitch, but uh, at the end of the day, the organization is bringing people in to make certain things happen. And, you know, we saw it in Buffalo, too, with the Rob Johnson and Doug Flutie situation. So, I mean, not identical, but there's always a vested interest in the person that's being brought in and what the ownership wants versus what the coach wants or thinks is best for the team. But anyway, I digress. One of the key pieces missing on the Bills' defense in this game was also uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Both him and his brother on the Steelers, uh, neither of them played. So I don't know if it was we don't want to play each other kind of deal or they were both uh, really too banged up to go in this game. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they're faking injuries or anything. What I was going to say about that was uh, it was announced that Tyrell Dodson was going to play 
instead of the the rookie they drafted, uh, Bernard, Dodson was going to get the start. And I was super happy with that. I mean, it was one of the signings in the offseason that I actually really celebrated was the Dodson signing because I think he can play any of the linebacker positions well. He's very quick, very athletic, uh, and he's been with these guys now for a while. And he had himself a game. He ended up with a sack, a tackle for a loss, uh, seven solo tackles, and 11 total tackles. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's a way to get the most out of your starting time right there. And he's never going to crack the rotation because the Bills play a lot of nickel. But if they needed to go to uh, three linebacker sets, I would be totally happy with him on the field. And, uh, you know, Kairi Elam had a bit of a rough day here and there, but ended up with seven tackles. Uh, they don't list pass defense in... Uh, this particular box score that I'm looking at so tough for me to say uh, how many passes were actually defensed but overall I wouldn't complain about anything that happened with the defense I mean especially with Christian Benford still out uh, you got DeMar Hamlin playing well Jaquan Johnson in there Dane Jackson's back even uh, Terrell Bernard came in and played and uh, he didn't play poorly or anything uh, he ended up with six tackles um and a lot of this is obviously, like, basically garbage time. It was 31-3 to at the half, so, you know, the whole second half of football is just, let's try and keep him out of the end zone, get some of our younger guys' experience. It became like a preseason game, uh, just with the offense on the field still in the first half. One thing that I like to do when I remember to do it is to get a snapshot of what's going on at the first half so that I don't have to come back and... Uh, excuse me, I don't have to come back and write everything down manually and go through it. So at the half, I'm just going to give you a little glimpse of what was going on. Uh, by that point, Allen was 14 of 24 for 348 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. I'll get to that in a second. Um, and he ran the ball 10 times. Singletary had three carries for 23 yards. Uh, averaging 7.7 a tote. Allen had four for 21. Moss had one for seven. And Cook had two for a yard at the half. Davis had two grabs for 160 and two touchdowns. Uh, Khalil Shakir had three catches for 75 yards and a touchdown. Diggs had five for 44 and a touchdown. Uh, backup tight end who played for Dawson Knox, Quentin Morris, looked pretty good. He did fumble late in the game. And, you know, in a game that were close... That would have been potentially really bad, but in this game, it wasn't as bad, and him being able to have some good moments aside from that was refreshing. Isaiah Hodgins made an appearance because Jay Kumaro's out with whatever happened to his knee ankle injury in Miami. He's not playing, and Singletary had a grab, so realistically, uh, they were definitely throwing the ball a lot in the first half and you know that's okay they weren't getting pressured uh Allen had no sacks but that's a 70 30 split 71 71 and a half to 29 and a half so a little pass heavy uh in the front side but they're running the ball effectively too as a team 5.2 yards a carry so the Steelers had to at least stay somewhat honest and you know Allen was 
had 14 completions, but 10 incompletions. It was just when he was complete, uh, there were some big plays. And if you look at Kenny Pickett, he was 13 of 20 for 121 t uh, with an interception, not a touchdown. Uh, Najee Harris was averaging 1.9 yards per carry. So horrible, horrible. Uh, they couldn't get anything going on the ground, so they were they were forced to throw the whole time. Um, Bills had 14 first downs at the half. They had only run four more plays than the Steelers, which is interesting, but they had uh, 261 more yards, only two more drives, um, almost tripled them up in yards per play, and, you know, one-sidedly beat them on the ground as well. Uh, one of three in the red zone. Bills had more penalties as well. A couple costly ones. I mean, costly is a relative term. But Allen ended up finishing the day uh, 20 of 31 for 424 and four touches, four teeters. So he ended up going, uh, what, six of seven in the second half? You know, no touchdowns, but didn't need them. Uh, but we'll go back to kind of like the pace of the game. The Bills, uh, after after Pittsburgh kicked their field goal, Bills responded with their own field goal, and then the defense really stood up and forced back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back three and outs. In between the Bills adding a field goal, you know, Josh was very, very happy to get Gabe Davis back, and he he was dialing him up a lot. And on a first and 10 at the Pittsburgh 21, he throws a pick. And it really was just a fantastic play by Levi Wallace. You know, as a Bills fan, I think a lot of us still, we like Levi. We just wanted him to get torched today. And for the most part, from what I saw, Levi actually played really well. Uh, it w I don't think, it might have been him, but I don't think it was him that got torched on the long play. At least the first one. And then... The, the next touchdown, the 62-yarder to Gabe Davis on the Bills' following drive, that one was against uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. And, my God, this play. You thought the first long touchdown was nice. This one, I mean, Josh put it right where it had to be. Gabe had really no separation, but was able to get a hand on it, pull it to his body. Fitzpatrick pins it as they're both running, and it looks almost like it's intercepted at that point, but as they're both running with the ball, no one has clean possession, and Gabe Davis just muscled his way right through it and ripped it out and wound up with the touchdown there. So, it's a game where it seemed like the Bills just weren't afraid at all. They knew what happened last season. They knew without TJ Watt, like, they're not going to have a pass rush. And that was the case. Allen didn't get sacked at all. So I think that's why they just felt a little bit more free to dial up the, the throw-heavy approach early in the game because they didn't have anything to fear. And their defense was coming out and stuffing. So what did it matter? Uh, if they were incomplete here and there, if they threw the ball a little too much, they're going to get the ball back and... They knew that the Steelers were not a threat, and they played like the Steelers were not a threat. But there's some teams that like to play down to the competition, and you know Von Miller has said several times in interviews that how you approach playing teams that you know you're better than says a lot. And the Bills don't want to go out here and play down to the Steelers' level and edge out a win. 
they want to stomp a team that they're supposed to stomp. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, and the Bills forced again a three and out, got the ball back when it was 17-3. And in two plays, they score again. Uh, Singletary ended up with a 23-yard carry. So that was really all of his yardage in the first half came on that one run. And then Miles Jack got hit with the unnecessary roughness penalty. It was maybe... Eh, I don't remember it that well. But regardless, it sets the Bills up. Uh, they go from their own 47 to the Pittsburgh 15 in one play because of the penalty. And then it's Stephon Diggs time. Touchdown. And then it was just, you know, crushing them the way out. Uh, Pittsburgh tried again. They got into field goal range, but with the win the way that it is, uh, Boswell missed the kick. It was on this drive that Phillips went down. And, I mean, it was good to see him at least jog off the field, but you can tell that, you know, he's still bothered. But give me Settle and Oliver and Daquan Jones, and that's a good three-man rotation moving forward. And it... What it does is it shows you how good the Bills' run defense can be when those guys are on the field. Because even though they didn't have Edmonds in the middle, uh, they really shut down the run game beautifully. And, I mean, once you get your, your middle linebacker back, that's going to be a really hard team to run against. And you saw it against Tennessee as well. You know, they... I think, you know, when you look at last season and some of the games that they lost, it was games where... They were given up pass pressure, and they were getting run on. Uh, and in all those games, uh, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, I don't think Pittsburgh ran for 100, but they sacked Allen, I think, four times in that game. Um, Jacksonville, Indy, Tampa, those games were all games where, uh, New England, games where the Bills' run defense couldn't stop the run, couldn't discourage the run. So... This is kind of built like what the Legion of Boom was, was like excellent secondary players, really smart group of guys, and uh, the ability to shut down the run early in possessions and force teams to throw into your strength. And if you have to throw against the Bills, it's going to be trouble because the more you throw, there's going to be more incompletions, there's going to be more time left on the clock. So you're going to end up in situations where you're giving a guy like Josh Allen more opportunities if you can't run the ball and you can't dictate the pace of the game on the ground. So, I mean, I think when the Chiefs uh, beat them in the playoffs too, they ran pretty effectively on them. Uh, there's there another game that I can't remember off the top of my head that they gave up a pretty good amount of yardage on the ground and lost that one as well. But anyway, I digress. The whole point of making the changes they did on the defensive line. And I said this last season when they had 11 guys on the defensive line. It's like, this is too many. I get that you want to, like, keep guys fresh, but, you know, you got a lot of really expensive veteran guys there, and you're not getting the kind of production that you want out of them. I just felt it was, like, too many kicks in the, too many cooks in the kitchen, a little bit too difficult to find the right recipe of guys that you want out there when there's so many different possibilities like, it's hard to find the right blend, and the Bills didn't have this kind of pass rush, and not they didn't stuff the run like this last season. And more or less, they're playing better competition right now. I think one of the knocks on the Bills last season was that they mostly played, you know, 
mid to low level teams and they had lost all their games against playoff teams. So, except for the Patriots who they did end up beating, but they also lost a game to them as well. But that was the knock. So in redesigning the defense, it's like take away the run, uh, get the edge rush to the point where you can actually threaten and now get Ed Oliver some help so that way one of those two guys in the middle is going to require a double team or one of the guys outside is going to require a double team and you've seen it like either Von Miller's doing well Greg Rousseau's doing well Jordan Phillips is doing well Oliver's doing well like you see what it does to have the kind of guys that require double teams on the defense so this was a great example of uh, how good this defense is without even being at 100%. Jordan Poyer sat this one out again. I guess it's his foot injury. I don't know if it was something else from last week after he came back. Could be just a veterans kind of thing where, you know, he played in an important game against Baltimore, and then in what they saw in the Steelers, it wasn't worth trotting him out there, and ultimately that was the correct call. I mean, I want Poyer to be healthy and everything, but this isn't a game where they needed him. Uh, but anyway... After the Diggs touchdown, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh missed that field goal. And then uh, Allen connected with Khalil Shakir for the touchdown on this one. I'm trying to remember exactly which pass it was over the middle to Shakir on which sequence it was. I don't remember off the top of my head, and I'm looking for it. And if I find it quickly... That would be ideal. It's possible that I don't find it quickly. Let me see. Where is it? I think it came in the first half. Pretty sure. Was it on the field goal? It was. Uh, when it was 10-3, Bills were faced with a second and 10. And when you look at this play develop, if you look at the all-22 angle, or if you look at some of like the wider camera coverage angles... Josh has, it looks like probably both Diggs and Davis are open for underneath gains on a second and 10. So could have easily made it like third and five or something like that. But Josh did not want to go to third down here. And the ball that he threw to Khalil Shakir on this play was ridiculous. Uh, I mean, obviously, like he showed off the big arm against Davis with the placement and just the, the ability to throw the ball as effortlessly downfield like that but I think the Shakir throw was probably the most impressive that I saw on the day because of what it had to be there was an underneath defender and then I think it was both safeties even if it wasn't there was at least one safety and another uh, secondary defender squeezing Shakir from either side with the underneath defender so there's a triangle of defenders around Shakir and Allen obviously believes in his arm and believes in this kid and the ball that he threw to him had to be on a rope if, if he puts any air under this ball to give Shakir some room to like run and make a catch this ball is going to get picked or knocked down. So he had to throw a laser in there that would just like stayed on a line the whole way. And it gave Shakir the ability to turn around, spot it, high point it, and then come down between three defenders with the ball. And I don't know. I don't know. There were so many impressive 
plays in the game, like, on a whole, I still think this one impressed me the most. I mean, I saw a lot out of Shakir that I liked today, and honestly, he's going to push for the, the, the lead in the slot role from here on out. Like, what I saw from him is that he's... He's strong. He's got really good wiggle. Uh, he's looking like the kid that they drafted to be an integral part of this offense at some point. But his ability to go up, high point the ball, uh, secure the catch, come down with it. He's got. He dropped one easy one coming across the field uh, that should be a catch. So I mean, like, yeah, still a little bit of rookie jitters here and there. Uh, but man, he looked good. He looked really good, and that play right there was a good just microcosm of the game like no pressure on Allen he was so comfortable and so confident that he didn't even feel the need to take the wide open throw right in front of him he knew that his arm and his guy were going to be favored in this situation over these two defenders and he gambled on it I mean most of the time when you throw into like a coverage triangle it's not really the best idea, but when you got a bazooka like Josh Allen and you got a kid who can make plays like Khalil Shakir, it works out. It was a 31-yard gain. Uh, but anyway, back to the end of the first half, and this was Khalil's touchdown. Excuse me, Khalil Shakir's touchdown. Don't want to call him Khalil. Uh, this was a 24-yard touchdown from him. And then it was 31-3. And that's, that's realistically the game. Bills just came out and, like, went through the motions in the second half, played defense. Um, you know, Allen, like I said, I think he was 6 of 7 in the second half. And let me see. That touchdown came off of the James Cook rushing touchdown. So, you know, Allen hit digs for 41 to get him down to Pittsburgh territory. And then Cook found a nice hole and uh, took it home for his first touchdown of the year, too. So you got a couple of your rookies involved in this game. Got him some confidence plays. Got him both touchdowns. Um, and they probably could have scored more if it wasn't for that uh, aforementioned Quentin Morris fumble. And they were at the goal line, too. So he was reaching out to make a play and fumbled. And then Pittsburgh missed the field goal again. So it was just a bad day for Boswell. Uh, bad day for Pittsburgh in general. They turned the ball over on downs one, two, three times in the second half. Went three and out once and missed a field goal. Uh, so even if you add up all their missed field goals, this game is 38-9. to nine. They don't get into the end zone. Their best play is forcing a fumble uh, at the goal line against Quentin Morris. Is Morris a rookie? I don't know. I need to look at that right now because... He was, uh, yeah, it's his first season. He's a rookie. He was a big, like, big surprise in camp in that, like, obviously a lot of the talk was about Dawson Knox, but the Bills had some other uh, tight ends coming in during the preseason, and they were looking at potentially, you know, supporting this. They had O.J. Howard. They were looking at maybe a little bit more of a two-tight end, heavy set, run approach, and... You know, that wasn't the case, but uh, you got Kair Elam, a uh, rookie, playing a lot of good minutes today. James Cook got his first touchdown. Terrell Bernard played. Khalil Shakir had a great game. Uh, Christian Benford's out. Um, and it looks like Morris was an undrafted rookie. 
but those are the kind of guys you need sometimes. Sometimes the undrafted guys play well, and so it's good to know that if, if Knox is hurt like he was last season uh, when he broke his hand, uh, it was a big issue to not have him healthy. So now knowing that, you know, the, the machine can keep working even if Knox is hurt uh, is very refreshing. And I don't know. What else is there to say? Bills dominated. They look good doing it. Uh, they cruised. Just look through the box score for anything interesting. And Singletary finished with six carries for 42 yards. So seven yards a carry. Looked really nice. I mean, they didn't run the ball that much. Uh, Cook ended up with four for 31. So just about eight yards a carry. Even Moss had seven on his. And then, like, Case Keenum came in in the end of the game and went two for five uh, for eight yards. So nothing impressive, but he was out there to, you know, take a knee, just make sure uh, nothing crazy happened. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins ended up with four for 41, long of 26. Uh, Quentin Morris ended up with three for 39. Almost had that touchdown, too. So it uh, could have been more impressive day. Tanner Gentry was back out there with the Kumaro injury. Uh, got some guys called up from the practice squad. And uh, I don't know. Daquan Jones had a couple of tackles in the middle. Milano had a couple. Saran Neal. Von Miller ended up with a sack. AJ uh, Evanessa ended up with a sack as well to go with Tyrell Dotson's sack. So, you know, great game. Uh, what is there to say? Bass, you know, missed the field goal, but in the wind, kind of crappy. They got Sam Martin some practice punts. Uh, Khalil Shakir had a kick return for 34 yards, so that's promising. Uh, and we'll see We'll see what they want to do with him when McKenzie gets back. But it's nice to know that, like, hey, we don't have to rush McKenzie back from concussion protocol uh, or anything stupid like that. They can take their time, and they have a nice weapon in this rookie kid. Uh, he even looked good when he came in, uh, was it last week, for McKenzie? Uh, caught a nice screen and made a lot out of it. I'm excited to see this kid keep playing. He really, uh, he's got a, a powerful base, which, you know, you, you saw that when uh, he elevated to high point that ball. Uh, but he, he takes contact around the legs really well, and he's very shifty. Um, we'll have to see. I mean, his hands look really good on a few catches, but he did drop an easy one. So I think over the course of time, we'll have to see uh, how his general... Uh, hand skills are but I mean he caught three balls on five targets that's not terrible or anything and he had 75 yards and a touchdown with a long of 31 so I don't know easy work and now it's just the kind of game that you want on deck as the Bills head to Kansas City and I'm guessing that's probably why Poyer and Edmonds and anybody who had like a injury concern probably sat out this week because you got a more important game next week and the Chiefs you know if they lose tonight though it'll be much better for the Bills uh, the Bills have taken retaken uh, the top spot in the AFC so nothing to complain about at this point if the if the Chiefs win and they're 4-1 uh, as well obviously they'll both be tied atop at 4-1 but it's going to be the positioning game for the playoffs. So they, they head into the Kansas City game, which is a huge one. Uh, you want to get as many guys healthy for that one as you can. And after what they did to Tampa Bay last week, 
you know, they were very prepared for what that defense uh, has. And we'll see how the Chiefs prepare for the Bills. We'll see how they look against the Raiders. The Raiders are super desperate. They absolutely need to go all out to win this game. Uh, the Chiefs, I'm sure they're aware of the situation with if they lose and the Bills stay at 4-1 and one and they fall to 3-2. and two, They won't have the, the inside track to home field. But the Chiefs could theoretically lose to the Raiders and then still reassume the top spot with a win over the Bills. But they need to focus on what's in front of them. And the Raiders need to also. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know... I don't know how invested in that I'm going to be, uh, but it's got uh, important seating ramifications. So what else is there to say? Uh, I hope everyone's had a good Monday. It's always a nicer Monday when the Bills win. I am about to head out of town tomorrow, going to Florida for a few days, see some family, relax, have an actual vacation. I'm going to do my best to still do the work that I always do, but I may just enjoy my vacation. And then I'm back on Saturday night, so I don't really have time to record the Pick'em show like I usually do. So we will see. I would like to, but vacation, you know, we all need it here and there. And, uh, I mean, between the four podcasts and all the movie stuff I do on Twitter right now, there's, uh, burning the candle at both ends. Maybe I just need to take a week off and come back strong. Um, but yeah, if you listen to this, thank you so much. You got so many different options when it comes to Bill's, Bill's Mafia stuff. If you're taking the time to listen to this show, it is greatly appreciated. And if you like it, uh, please tell somebody because that's how to help me how to help this show keep going you know what I started doing it for nobody so I'll probably keep doing it for nobody but I would like to do it for more people uh, we've got we've got some listeners and I do appreciate you uh, but share it around and uh, let them know how much you love the sultry tones of the shyst podcast anyway I have some packing to do and some laundry to do and all kinds of stuff to get ready for this trip. And I still got to write a whole article about this, but it'll probably be short as well. So, uh, as usual, please uh, stay safe, be well, take care, everybody. Thanks to everyone who took the time to listen to this episode. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help. So if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way, too. This show is an extension of thescheist.com, and you can contact me at info at thescheist.com or at Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills.